0: Don't be, even in the church, don't become cliquish like, well, that, uh, you know. Your friends in church shouldn't be divided by color. You shouldn't be divided by economic standard. You shouldn't be divided by whatever. Now, I, uh, hobbies, sure, likes, whatever. Yeah, that's normal. But let it be a diversified group, not a cliquish group. Does that make sense, y'all? That's real love.
1: Hey friends, you're listening to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations facing life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. This week's live message from Victor walks us through Hebrews chapter 13, beginning with Paul's exhortation of brotherly love, hospitality, and how the way we treat one another sets us apart as believers. Through encounters of deliverance while ministering in the youth prison system, these moments continue to testify to God's power to break generational strongholds and help us to see our renewed identity in him when we answer his call on our lives. Stay tuned for part two next week as we continue through Hebrews 13. For now, here's Victor Marx with today's message.
0: He says this, let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember the prisoners as though you were in prison with them and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. And marriage must be respected by all. And the marriage bed hmm, must be kept undefiled because God will judge immoral people and adulterers. Your life should be free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I love this text. This is rich, and we're going to break it down. He first starts by saying, let brotherly love continue. Do you know that's really what should separate us more than any other religion or sect or cult or whatever? is our love one for another as Christians. That is, it's essential. It is throughout the scriptures, it's really our mark of Christianity. Even when Jesus said, people will know you're my disciples because of your what for one another? Love. Love for one another. I mean, it's so comforting to see one Christian reaching, helping someone who's hurting, who's in a place that our needs help. It may be emotional, it may be financial, it may right. I tell people, you want to see how much love's in the church? Find out when uh, when somebody's going to move and need some truck volunteers, some divorced mom with you know crazy kids. See how many people step up to help. Let's, on a, an opening day of hunting season. <laughs> right? <laughs> so love is very important. I thank God though. He didn't say like. <laughs> because I'm going to be honest with you. There are some Christians I simply don't like. Is that okay? It don't mean I don't love them. with agape love unconditionally. But some Christians are weird. They're just truly really weird. They're goofballs and it's like. I don't want to hang out with you. You're kind of weird, okay? It don't mean I don't love you. And what I mean by that, you guys, is we all have different personalities. We all have different, you know, things. And sometimes we group together better than others. The only thing I would warn about that is don't become cliquish. Don't be, even in the church, don't become cliquish. Like, well, that, that, you know, your friends in church shouldn't be divided by color you shouldn't be divided by economic standard. Shouldn't be divided by whatever. Now, I, uh, hobbies, sure, likes, whatever. Yeah, that's normal. But let it be a diversified group, not a clickish group. Does that make sense, y'all? That's real love. That's and and uh, huh. and if sometimes you just don't click with a certain person to want to hang out and be friends all the time, that's okay too. You don't have to but still exhibit love toward them in the time of need. Does that make sense? All right. So brotherly love. I went to actually the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. That's what it's called, based on phileo. That's the Greek word for it. I went there when I was a teenager from the south. I was living down in Louisiana at the time. And now I'll never forget, I'd never been to a big, big city, and Philadelphia is a big, big city. And I was out shopping, I got kind of lost from some of my friends and I went into this simple store and I was like uh and I'm kind of shy by nature believe it or not I am I get up and I'll talk a lot but personally I'm just kind of I'm quiet kind of shy but you know I was in that store and I was like oh I need to ask that woman you know and so I kept looking at her but she was helping somebody and finally she just turned and looked at me and she says what you looking at do I know you I was like no, no, you, you don't. I, I said, I, I'm sorry. I got separated from my friends and I don't, I'm trying to find out how to get back. She said, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> I said, no. I said, why are you so mad? Can I ask you that question? She goes, oh, I'm not mad. It's just, she goes, here in this city, if you act weak, man, people will take advantage of you. So you just got to be hard. I was like, well, why don't you move to the country? Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> and she laughed. I was being serious. I was just like, I just go Wow, There's nice of people out there. <laughs> but I thought, city of brotherly love? Man, everybody walking around like this. What you looking at? Wow, I was a sixth grade girl. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Brotherly love. It'll be a mark of our Christianity. Show hospitality. He says, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels or entertained angels without knowing it. What do you think this actually means? If you break it down in the deepest theological sense and exegete this passage and get the original Greek meaning and do this and you know what it means? There's some angels out there. That's all it means. There are real angels. And some of you need to really believe that because you don't. You know, you, oh yeah. But they really are. There are real angels. And you know how? Because I've seen one. Do y'all believe me? I wasn't even drinking. I did. I was living in Hawaii. That's where I raised my kids. We had one of the largest martial arts schools in there. I tell people we were suffering for the Lord. Had a TV show. Life was good. We lived up in a rainforest. It was good. That tail was good. It was good. But. I decided to do a fast because I'm so spiritual. Uh, it was a church fast. It was like an on fast. I was like, you know, everybody at church doing a three-day fast. I was like, oh, great. How about I fast TV or something? Food? Oh, anyway, I was like, okay. My wife was like, no, come on, we're really good. I was like, all right, whatever. Can I blend up a T-bone and, you know, you know, liquefy? So anyway, it was, it, was, it was about the third day. You know, and I'm like, you start getting, you know, you start seeing things. I went to bed. I woke up. It was middle of the night in the morning. Boom, I woke up. It was so peaceful. And I looked over and our windows, there was an angel that was hovering above my window. And I couldn't see his facial features or whatever, but it was an angel. And the sense I got, he was protecting, he was guarding our home. And I thought, I saw him? I went, oh. It was almost like, hey. Then I went back to sleep. This is the most amazing, comfortable feeling. Well, I woke up the next day and didn't even think about it. forgot. And about the middle of the day, I was there and I went, I, I stole my wife. I said, hey, I saw an angel last night. I forgot, but I saw an angel. He was uh, <clears> on. <throat> and my wife's like, wow, that's really cool. And it was. It was very cool. Why'd the Lord show me that? I don't know. I just tell y'all. But it was real. Ain't nobody can change my mind about it. And, uh, you know another reason why I believe in angels? Because I've seen other angels too. I've seen them manifest through people. And that would be one of them. (laughs) Actually, seriously. It's, uh, if I had to roll the dice, that would be a demonic manifestation. You guys. And I'm not joking. I see it when I travel. Unfortunately, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray you'd bind the wicked one in that young girl's life. Or we plead the blood of Jesus over her mind. God, we pray you would have your will in your way. God, we thank you. Your power is greater than any demonic force. Lord, give her peace right now. Let her know how much you love her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what I was about to say is I've seen other angels too, and they're demonic or fallen angels. And the first time that really was absolutely intense, and sometimes it is, is when I was in a juvenile prison for girls. And I was doing a Bible study for these girls of the maximum security facility. And while I'm there, one of the girls starts having erratic behavior, different from everybody else, kind of like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not quite the same. Sorry, I think like that. Uh, it's, it's how the Lord keeps my mind from getting fearful. Because <laughs> if the enemy can make you afraid, he's bullied you. Does that make sense? Because when this girl manifests this craziness right in front of us, she starts clawing her. <sighs> and I'm like, I was teaching my Bible study. I was like, okay. And, uh, and then I said, oh, we ought to sing a song. And there were all these other gang members, girls. They were tough girls. Mamasitas. I mean, just. and they were freaking out. They were like, and I said, well, let's sing a song. Okay. Michael Roll, the boys, And this girl, ah, she just his voice come out. Aah! And then a different language. She's calling. And now everybody's freaking out. I'm like, what the heck? And the girls are going, help, help her. I looked over at the guards and the guards go, help her. I was like, you help her. I, it ain't my job. I'm just here to, you know, do a Christian Bible study. And these guards are like, this thing comes out. Everyone's like, ah, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So I go over there to the cell and they have her and she's sitting down in an orange jumpsuit and I I just kind of, caught down and I go "Uh, hi and all of a sudden she looks up and says I guess you're going to say I'm possessed how's that you know I had the funniest thought in my mind as soon as she said that I went I don't think I have to (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry but I it's kind of obvious and, was like, ah. and uh, I wasn't really intimidated because I felt God's Holy Spirit on me. And you know what God's Word says? Perfect love cast out fear. And when you know that God loves you and he's with you and he'll never leave you, nor forsake you, you can engage in any type of warfare and you're good to go. Well, this girl, I felt bad for her because you could tell she be being tormented and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, hey, I'm thinking, okay. I guess I gotta do a, a try to access this thing, whatever. And I, nobody taught me. I'm like, well, what did Jesus do? Okay, he had the thing and the people were like, and the legions. He got pigs. He, I need some swine. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, man, we're in the middle of Texas at a youth prison. I was like, y'all got any? Do you have a farm? I need a pig. Bring a little onky in here because so, I got. I was thinking, I really. That's I'm thinking. Got to get out and get in the pig. Get in there like that. And uh, no pig. So I'm thinking, do y'all have like bacon or sausage in the kitchen? I'll go for anything pork right about now. I am not lying. Uh, Put a demon in a sausage and flush it down the commode. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is the way I think. (laughs) For those of you who know my background, you understand this is normal. So then everything I said, okay, well. The Lord gives us authorities. I said, I said, look, in the name of Jesus, I command you to tell me who you are. And then his voice came out and said, I am Satan. Now you see how you get right now? I can see your eyes. Some of your eyes are going, (laughs) ha ha. The thought that came in my mind, I was like, Satan. Satan, that's the big one. I thought, maybe it's a little insecure demon, right? Just a little. demon of insecurity, he's got a big megaphone. This is Satan. You move it. This is Satan. I don't don't care who you are. And I said, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to come under the authority and the power of Jesus Christ right now. And it kind of settled down. And I said, I want to talk to the girl. I want to talk to the girl. And then her eyes kind of rolled back and she kind of came conscious. And, and believe me, it was demonic because that thing said things about me, made threats against me, actually said, you disgust me. And I will destroy my family, my marriage, and my ministry because of what you do. What do I do? I go to the juvenile prisons messing with his next future army. Of all these kids who are full of hate and hurt and bitterness and rebellion, oftentimes because of horrible backgrounds they come through and he wants to use them as a vehicle for his next war. He's a bully. He picks on. You understand? And I was like, wow. And then when this little girl came to I said, hey, hey, Sri, look at me. I said, I know you got power. I know it's from darkness and all that. But I said, I got one question for you. Do you have peace? She didn't even hesitate. She goes, no. Because she realized she would forfeit peace for power because the demonic will come in, tell you all kind of stuff, be your friends, give you power, tell you about people's past, even the future if they're gonna do something weird to non-believers because they're not covered and protected. I said, well, I said, look, I said, I wanna know who you are. I don't care about the demonic and all that. I said, who are you? And she looked at me and she was like, I mean, she was shocked. She's like, you you wanna know about me? I said, yeah, tell me about you. Are you from? Tell me about your life. She goes, well, No one's ever asked about me. No one really cared. Because they, they were just looking at her behavior, her negative stuff, not who she really was. Because guess what? Even little girls who turn into vile, wicked, crazy, well, I don't care if they're killers, hookers, drug smugglers. They had dreams as a little girl. Most of them played with Barbie dolls. Most of them still as the little kids wanted a prince to rescue them, to be married, to have a knight in shining armor, care about them. But then life happens. I looked at her, and I said, Tell me about you. She said, My dad was a Satanist. And when I was born he dedicated me to Satan. She said, I was drugged around from hotels to houses. He was in the drug scene. She was raped over 30 times. She stopped counting at 30. She was pregnant at 12. Had her first baby at 13. When her baby was born, she put him in a circle with candles and dedicated him to Lucifer. Now, this girl could be lying. But it was all true. Because we investigated. I found this girl's mom. I found a little boy named Devin. It's all true. Some people live lives that you can't even imagine. Y- that your heart breaks if you knew the truth of what they've suffered. That's why you can never judge negatively aberrant behavior. You know if the enemy's got a hold them. You can't judge people's heart if they're hooked on meth, if they're being promiscuous, if they're hating and violent. That's just a behavior what does the Bible say? God looks at the heart, and just like I was in one of your juvenile facilities yesterday for girls, I love the. I just love girls. I love. I get three daughters. I love girls. Girls are crazy. You know, I told them girls yesterday at the Iowa State School for Girls Training, which is a maximum security facility. I said, "Hey, girls, look at me. Where y'all are right now? Where you are right now with your prison clothes and." the teenagers. I said, it's not who you are. It's just where you are. Unless is who you want to be. If you want to be here, just continue the cycle. I looked at them and said, every one of you can break the cycle. Every one of you can break the cycle with the power of God. And I told them how beautiful they were. Every one of you are beautiful. And man, they started tearing up. I says, you know why? And one girl looked at me and she said, Said, I've hardly knew my dad, but what I remember, he told me I was ugly and worthless. And I was just, and I said. And she said, he had other kids from another wife. And those girls are pretty, but I'm not pretty. I said, Yes, you are. Look at me. I'm sitting here by God to tell you the truth. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. She goes, How will I ever know? And I said, Put lipstick all over your face and curl your... No, I didn't say that. I said, ask God to help you see yourself like he sees you. And when you see yourself like God sees you, you're going to see how beautiful you are. Not by what people's labeled you, not what your own mind has told you. And and you know what I told them? I told them about a church I was in just two, three weeks ago in Southern California, a place called Rancho Santa Fe. It's one of the most affluent places in California. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I, I typically don't stay with people when I travel because hotels are my second home, right? I'm comfortable, I know a hotel. Boom, bing, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm home, right? But my, uh, my colleague Mike said, hey, hey, there's someone that wants to let you stay at their house. I go, Mike, I don't stay at houses, man. He goes, oh, they have a guest house. I said, oh, righty then, fancy schmancy. so we drove to their house and their guest house and honest to goodness when we got to their these huge gates for this neighborhood uh, it was weird because up on the hill there was a huge hotel I was like why is there a hotel in the neighborhood and we kept following the guy to his house and he turned up to this hotel one big circular drive with a fountain another he goes this is his house house, 17,000 square feet on the roof. I was like, we in tall cotton right now, buddy. The guy gets out of his car, he looks at me, I went, this'll do. Man, unbelievable. And I told those girls, I said, look, I spoke at this church, some of the wealthiest, most beautiful people in the world. I said, and I looked at the ladies and said, hey, ladies, some of you know exactly what I'm about to say. No matter what you've done, no matter what you have, no matter who you've been with, you look in the mirror and you know you will never be pretty enough. And when I said that, some women started crying. Mascara started going because they realized that. Because look, these women are like housewives of whatever, a TV show. So it don't matter if you have money, if you have all the plastic surgery. It don't matter. You need to be able to look at yourself through God's eyes and say, God, how do you see me?
1: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.